0: Welcome to the Mom Manual. Motherhood doesn't come with instructions, but it should. We are on a mission to highlight ordinary moms doing extraordinary things to build the ultimate mom manual. Every week, I have the distinct honor of speaking with women about the lessons they've learned and the inspiration that got them to where they are today. Join us for a conversation that will spark creativity, provide actionable tips, and celebrate the ordinary and extraordinary moments of motherhood. The Mom Manual starts now. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Manual. This is Tara Williams coming to you with COVID. Um, so if my voice sounds a little raspy today, that is why. But I am super excited to introduce our guest, Ashley DeLello. She is a mind coach and the creator of Bioemotional Healing. Ashley,
1: welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. So sorry you're sick right now and you're a trooper for being here with me today. I know if
0: all my answers don't sound appropriate, I'm feeling a little loopy. I need to say I've heard of this COVID brain and it's definitely happening to me, but Ashley, I am so excited for you to be here. This is my jam. I love all things about unpacking our emotions and getting inside our mind. So can you tell everyone how, how one becomes a mind coach and kind of your journey to get where you
1: are here now? Yeah, it's, it's a long journey that I'm going to make as short as possible. It it started for me when I was 13 years old. I literally went from dancing five hours a day to overnight fighting for my life. I had a rare viral infection. No doctor could diagnose or treat and literally went all over the country and had every test scan, every specialist, and essentially was sent home to die. If you ever watched the TV show house that was on Fox, um, Mm -hmm. I was, I was one of those patients where clearly dying, but nobody could figure out what was going on. So I was 13, and I had a doctor come in and tell me that I needed to accept that I wouldn't live past my teenage years. And never dance again and never have a family, get married, um, never live a normal active life. And told me the sooner I accepted this, the easier it'd be to come to terms with my reality. So, okay, you can't see me, but my whole (laughs) body has goosebumps right now. This, this is crazy. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's crazy looking back because at that moment, I mean, my entire life had changed but all I knew is that I really had two decisions. I could accept that I was dying or I could give everything that I had to defying the odds and and living. And that's what I told the doctor. I I looked at him and said, I don't accept this. And my mom and I left the hospital with no clear direction or answers. Um, it was a very long road. And this was really, um, Um, me really understanding the mind-body connection at the most survival level possible because there was a a long time frame when I was sick that I would be too afraid to honestly go to sleep because my body felt so close to, to dying that I felt if I surrendered that conscious control, my body wouldn't make it through the night. So this is the beginning. I had no idea my work would later be based in the brain, but very much understood how powerful that mind-body connection is. It helped save my life, right? And the beliefs about what was possible for me, um, obviously we understand now the brain, the brain will do anything it can to validate what we believe and how powerful that is. I didn't understand that then. I just literally was determined To survive. I fought between life and death for about four and a half years. Mm -hmm. Defied the odds. It took about six years to gain back enough strength to go back to dancing. Um, And again, that was something I was told I would never do. So that was so miraculous. I went back um, to competitive ballroom and then I married my husband, who was also a ballroom dancer, and we were able to travel the world. And then we were finalists on So You Think You Can Dance. Amazing. Competed against each other, which was, was definitely like double the stress, but also double the joy. Um, but such a remarkable experience. And then was able to go and be on Broadway on the West End. And, and just really incredible outcome to something I was told would it ever be possible. And I, I was a, you know, inspirational speaker and I talked about the mind-body connection, but really what dove me into neuroscience was I went through a second life-altering experience um, in the last five years. Wow. So five years ago, I had my second hip surgery and it failed and it launched my entire body into chronic pain. And mm-hmm. now they were telling me, it was very deja vu, but at, obviously at a whole new level, because I was married, I had a two-year-old daughter at the time, I had a career. I had all these responsibilities very different than when I was a 13 year old, right? And my mom and my dad could take care of me. So it was very deja vu in that they were saying I was a chronic pain patient. Now I needed to accept this. My nervous system had flipped a switch in the surgery. I could barely hold my daughter. She was two. I couldn't pick her up. I couldn't hold a book, you know, and I had been told I'd never have kids. So now I had this Miraculous child that I couldn't even take care of in the way that I had dreamt my whole life of being able to do. Okay. I need to
0: pause you for just a second because your journey, even up to this so far, is so incredible. Like the fact that you just casually traveled the world as a ballroom dancer and competed on so you think you can dance against your husband, like that alone is mind blowing. And then you overcome a rare viral infection and do all this and and now there's more i mean this you have lived like 10 lives right you <laughs> know.
1: It's, it's it's very true i feel very old in in some ways as far as um, lives. so is the
0: hip surgery was this going back to ramifications of the viral
1: infection no um this was a combination of genetics and the uh, the years of repetitive abuse through Mm -hmm. dancing yeah and i had no idea they didn't bother me at all until they bothered me and that started when we were doing the broadway show and and eight shows a week and then all of a sudden i had an issue and i had a first surgery that was very successful we went back to our professional career eight months later and you know i expected the second one to go the same and Mm. It was again, a nightmare out of nowhere where I was my strongest physical self, height of my career, height of my physical fitness. And then literally now I couldn't walk. I couldn't hold a book. I was in nerve pain in probably about 12 areas of my body And it was just with that and the amount of stress that comes with living that type of pain, then there, of course, were health issues, you know, and I wasn't sleeping and it was just, again, this complete life-altering experience out of nowhere. And when they had told me, you know, your nervous system flipped a switch, you know, that can happen in a surgery, based upon what I had gone through when I was younger, thankfully knew to not just accept that that's what my life now had to look like, and that's when I thought, well, if my nervous system flipped a switch, I'm going to well, figure out how back. to flip it back. That's right. Yes. Exactly. So I thought, well, if it can go one way, it certainly can go the other. And that's when I, I dive deeper in a whole new level into the brain and the nervous system and the mind-body connection in the subconscious mind and truly how every piece of our experience is gets stored there and and really impacts us today. How we think, how we feel, how we respond, what is our stress response. And I had a failed surgery, but it wasn't just that surgery, it was all the other pieces of my life experience too that just amplified what my body was going through. And that's very true with motherhood in the sense of it's a very triggering experience because we know our children push us to the depths of, of who we are and sleep deprivation and patience and all the things and our stress response our reaction to that isn't just that child isn't just that day it's all being influenced by every other experience in our life that was deemed as important our brain decided how to react to it how to protect us from it and all of that is part of how we react in our life right and that's why I think so many mothers all of a sudden are like, why am I struggling with anxiety? Why am I struggling with depression? Why am I having these things that I've never had before? And it's because little children and the sleep deprivation and the hormonal changes and and the complete overhaul, right, of your life is absolutely giving your stress response an opportunity, you know, daily to be activated and for all those pieces to influence each other. So, Long story short, I was able to rewire my nervous system, and not just the pain pathways, but what I realized was some trauma and PTSD from what I'd gone through when I was younger, and all of that was still stored in my system. So it wasn't just about knowing something consciously, it was about truly getting to that subconscious level, that neurological level, and getting my system to a place of healing. And that's in that, I realized nobody had a process. So that's why really out of desperation and determination for my own life, I created bioemotional healing, which is a step-by-step process to truly partner with your system and rewire it. And then that brought me to my life's work. This is so profound. And
0: in a way, it's so elementary that you know we we know we can control our thoughts. And if we think about you wake up and you say, today's a great day for a great day. And you go searching for good things. You'll find good things. You think today's going to be a bad day. And you start looking, Oh, all of a sudden this guy cut me off and this person was rude. And then you'll find the bad things. So it seems obvious as you explain this, but I'm like, but how, like how, what, how is this possible? So you have some tips and some takeaways for us.
1: Do you want to jump into the first one? Yeah, absolutely. So First talking about in relationship to motherhood how your mind can hold you prisoner um, or set you free, right? And that's really what I talk about is, is really getting free of those stress responses. You know, it's, it's very commonly talked about uh, this triggers me, right? And a lot of people have this awareness over the things that trigger them and in that way even awareness you still can be held prisoner to it. Um, because you're constantly battling it. Where what I'm really about is that we have the ability to get free of it, right? So when it comes to motherhood, um, it's really important. Let's go back rudimentary. Let's simplify this first. What are your beliefs about motherhood? Specifically, what are your beliefs about you as a mother, Mm -hmm. right? But also uh, understanding that they're linked to your mother right? Or whatever was your experience as a child, who other, who played that role as a mother, right? As a caretaker. Cause clearly that's, you know, different. And people have different life experiences, whether they were raised by a grandmother or an aunt or they had only a father, you know, that looks different, but based upon what that experience, you started to have beliefs about what that role as mother is and means and so we all have thousands of beliefs but because we've had these thoughts over and over again which is really where beliefs come from is we we think something enough and now that's a belief because they're so habitual to us we're not really even aware of them we don't question them they just come in our mind and, and we go down this hole, right? This rabbit hole of other thoughts and beliefs that reinforce it because it's just been the pattern in the past. Right. And a lot of people talk about thoughts and yes, thoughts are very true that we need, we can change our day by our thoughts. But if we just think about thoughts, we're missing the route that's beyond them, which is our belief systems. Right? right. So, when you're, if you're struggling as a lot of mothers do, and they all, we all go through different time periods, right. Of more joy and more challenge, but really, really just taking time for yourself. And that's, you know, hard for any mother, but in this way, beyond exercise, beyond self care, the greatest form of self care is truly starting to become aware of what's happening in your internal conversation. Mm -hmm. Right. So just asking yourself, okay, what are, what are my beliefs about motherhood first, then what are my beliefs about me in motherhood and how is that being impacted by my children, how I react to my children, how I see myself in this role as motherhood, right? And just starting to really look at how your own unique experience growing up shaped you. And sometimes, you know, that's hard, there's trauma, but also you could have had an amazing you know, um, childhood and you, you love your mother and she is this epitome of what you'd like to be. And even that then can set you up for that hypercriticalness, right? And feel like you're falling short to how you perceive your mother. So it's not just if you had a challenging childhood, it also could very well be that you had a wonderful childhood and now you have these beliefs about what that needs to look like for you measuring up to something, right? So it's not always that it was hard or challenging, it could be the other. It's just becoming aware of what are your beliefs about it because the brain is wired to validate your beliefs. Right. That is just how it is wired. So understanding what your beliefs are, are very crucial to being able to change behavior, change how you react, change how you navigate the ups and downs of motherhood.
0: Would you say your work is mostly women who want to become happier or like want to be able to be more
1: relaxed and not yell at their kids? I mean, who, who is this kind of mostly for? So the beautiful thing about my work, because it's based in neuroscience, I've been able to help people completely rewire pain, autoimmune illnesses, chronic illnesses, um, anxiety is one of the most prevalent amongst my clients, um, even depression, body issues, eating issues. But yes, I've had people come to me just because they're really struggling with their kids and their kids have different learning disabilities, um, you know, or different, um, issues with their brain that they were born with. And they're having a hard time navigating on top of what is already challenging. And if your child is perfectly healthy, right. But what they find is in coming here, they have their own stuff, right? That they need to also work through so that that's not influencing how they're reacting to their child, right? Because we we don't see things necessarily as they are, we see them as we are. So people, what's beautiful is no matter what it is that you're struggling with, there's always a deeper root. The brain is the command center of everything that we do. The subconscious mind controls 95% 95% of how we think, feel and respond by the time we're 35. So if we're not getting to that root, then we're in a constant fight of our triggers or the things we're struggling with. So that's the beautiful thing of it being just based in the brain and nervous system, whatever you're stuck in physically, mentally, emotionally, you you absolutely can rewire that. And I can say that because I've, I've seen it happen way too many times over the course of the years I've been doing this at all different levels of age, intellect, talent, background, personality, because it's not based on any of those. It's based on science and how the brain and nervous system work. Yeah. I mean, it's
0: so interesting because we always hear a perceptions reality, right? And if your reality is that everything's fine and rosy and wonderful, and, but that's not someone, else, I mean, then, then that is your reality. Um, No, I think for me, I I've been so blessed. I had just a very wonderful childhood. I'm the oldest of five. We, you know, we're still all best friends. My mom and dad are still married. Like when, when I think about stuff like this, you know, I feel I have so much to be grateful for. And it's almost embarrassing to say sometimes, you know, I do feel anxious about something or, or I, I do feel depressed about something because there's people worse off, right? In diff, I mean, yourself in, in these situations you've described, it's like, how could I ever complain? But when, when you are, are meeting with people and, and doing your work, is it is it more for people with some more dramatic situations or really you're saying anybody, any kind of wherever you are on that spectrum of wanting to rewire anything, it's possible. It's not just for the, the bigger things.
1: Right. Well, obviously you have to want something different, than what you have now right because it it takes work right you have to want to show up for yourself in that way but i've even to that point had clients who were just like you know what i have a really good life yeah. but i can't fully enjoy it yeah. right it's like i know and i'm grateful and i can consciously look at all that i'm blessed with and everybody is healthy and but it's like, I can't really enjoy it. I can't really access that joy. I can't really be present. I would say that is one of also the most common themes is like, how do I be present in my life, right? With my kids, with my spouse, just with my job, like present because that mind chatter or everything else that's going on, it's just keeping you from being right here, right? Mm -hmm. We're either in the past or we're projecting into the future. So. What it takes is it, it doesn't matter the level of challenges or hardships. It's whether or not you feel this like disconnect with where you want to live, right? Internally, how you want to feel. You know, people have come to me even who are entrepreneurs and they know they have these limiting beliefs that are holding them back. Right from the success that they want, and I know you would attest to that. Like your business is also a mirror of your beliefs, right? Because being an entrepreneur will challenge all self-belief, you know, that you can think of, and there, it's such a roller coaster. So it's really just anyone who's like, you know, I really feel this discomfort with what I know is possible for me and what I'm living, and I want to actually truly live that life feel that way be that way and if you want that you obviously have to want that more than you want to stay where you are but if that's what you want then absolutely it's for anyone that just wants to live that life be your most powerful self right authentic i love Uh, that
0: your next tip is talking about motherhood is a mirror to your internal beliefs
1: I actually want to segue that because that really went, goes back to what I was just talking about. I want to give a different tip if you don't mind, mm-hmm. um, because that definitely connects with what we just talked about, right? And why it's so important because you're, we are what we believe. So your experience with motherhood will mirror what you believe about it even more, right? It's not so much the experiences and facts of our life, it's the meaning we give it. So. That one definitely goes back to the first tip about just really becoming aware, sitting down with yourself, right? The next one that I really wanna talk about that's really important in motherhood is not judging yourself and your emotions and also not judging your child and their emotions. Out of good intention, there became, I think we all grew up with a different form of, you shouldn't feel sad. You shouldn't be angry you shouldn't be frustrated right um why are you feeling that way you know just and it came out of a good place of like look at what you have look at the positive be grateful right i'm, I'm not saying it was ill intent but part of that experience is we started to judge criticize and also kind of invalidate our experiences right because it's like almost what i, what I did I do- there right saying like i had a good life i i do yes you know okay yep Right. And, and being able to, where we want to live the majority of our life and that perspective is, is of course different than giving ourselves permission to feel what we're feeling in the moment. Right. Mm. And that's different than staying there, dwelling there, right. Living there, but giving ourselves permission to acknowledge how our experiences are impacting us. Right. Without the self-criticism and shame and guilt, and one of the lessons, you know, and I think we can all attest to this, children constantly teach us, right? But I remember to this point, my daughter was, I think she was four and her friend was leaving. And you know, kids, it's a lot of a bigger deal at that age, right? They're they're trying to navigate these emotions and her friend was leaving and in her mind, it was like she was never gonna see her friend again, right? She was so sad and upset. and when her friend left, I said, Sophia, that's my daughter's name, honey, you need to calm down. And she's, and she replied to me, I can't calm down. I'm only four. <laughs> you know." And I just thought touche, right? Like you, you're four, like you're not at the same place I am as an adult who understands your friend can come back, right? It's not the end of the world, but it's such a lesson to also ourselves of, navigating the stresses, the sleep deprivation, right? The lack of control that we have, the ups and downs where your kid is so happy and then a tantrum the next, right? And and that we're trying to not only navigate their emotions but ourselves as well, right? And it is a roller coaster on both sides, right? And the key is is really learning to just allow yourself space mm. to just process what you're feeling without judging it, without criticizing it. And in fact, when we do that, it actually passes more effortlessly, right? Because we're we're not invalidating that, oh my gosh, yes, I have a wonderful life, but this is hard, this is challenging me. I do feel tired, I am stressed, I am a little worried about this. The criticism and guilt actually anchors it in because that tightens the brain's threat response. And so, not feeling it, not acknowledging it, or also judging or criticizing it, doesn't actually let it pass. It anchors it in, and now you're just fighting it. And kids are the same way. Rather than immediately jumping in and saying, you shouldn't feel that or stop that. It's, it's like, let's talk about it, right? I understand you're upset. Give them space. And then let's talk about how living in that frustration and anger, what can we do about it right now? Right? But not, immediately jumping in to invalidate their emotions which to them is very real right yeah and so it's both and that's why I think we judge ourselves and so then it's easy to also judge or shut down our kids from a good place.
0: From a good place. This is so important really just the, the part to let it pass because I have four kids and they're pretty young um three, six eight and nine and when they're frustrated or upset or just in this tantrum moment oftentimes why I know I shouldn't do it but I feel like that's the time for me to say no stop or you know and it just it escalates them and heightens them and it's funny your four-year-old says oh I'm only four I can't control my emotions and you know it's the same thing with other kids as, as they get a little bit older, it's, it's still the same. They can't really mm-hmm. control their emotions. And I know this is not the right time to be talking to them, but that's the time that I'm just like, ah. And so if we, if we take that, this raw expression of emotion, and we know as adults, we can't behave like that, but it's still happening inside, right? Mm-hmm. That four-year-old still lives inside our body. And although we're regulating that emotion, we're still Feeling it. We're still devastated that a friend is leaving or whatever's happening. But I love the idea of just letting it pass and really like sitting in it and almost like experiencing it then. And I've talked about this before on the podcast, but my style with my husband is it's like death by a thousand paper cuts. He does all these small things that aren't really a big deal. But instead of me addressing them, I'm like, "Oh, I'm irritated. He threw his socks in the ground. I'll, I'll just pick them up." And then I'm irritated. He did this. I like, I'll just fix it. And then I blow up on him, and he's like, "Whoa! Like, I just put the dish in the sink, not the dish. Why is that such a big deal?" And it's not that it was that act. It was the all the things leading up to it. So I think for me, like, I'm I'm getting so much out of this conversation, and I'm I'm realizing that there's so many things that I don't actually ever sit in. I just skip to the next thing because I'm, I'm like, let's go, let's do the next. Like I never sit. And for me, no surprise, I am challenged to be present in my life, but I'm moving at such a fast clip. I don't think I really ever truly experience things and just like really sit in them. But I, I love this with the work that you're doing. Tell me a little bit more about the actual process. I I'm like, can I, can I sign Mm -hmm. up? Can you take me off?
1: (laughs) yes absolutely myself
0: i don't know exactly how i'm 35
1: so am i might almost like i've almost missed the cutoff no 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 i've i've helped 67 70 year olds that's the beautiful thing about the brain because we have seen through scans and imaging the brain can always change that neuroplasticity it, the ability for our system to change is with us until the day we die obviously if you have true mental illness or a brain injury that is gonna have an impact on the brain's ability, but without that, no. I mean, as long as your brain is functioning, it can change, so it's never too late. In fact, I remember one of the best things I ever heard was my client, who actually was a clinical psychologist, finally was able to change something, and she's like, you know what? The doors are wide open. I just love that because it is never too late, right? I've learned, and I think we've collectively learned, like every day is priceless, and it's never too late to change. And in fact, it's that kind of self-sabotage of saying that, that keeps us, you know, even a year later from doing the things that, that we want to. So the key without obviously diving too deeply is a process. So I did so much different, every, every modality of healing you can think about including EMDR and brain remapping and training. And what I realized though is, this was still a solution from the outside in, okay. and there needed to be a solution from the inside out. Meaning, how do I partner with my brain and nervous system to get it to a place while living my life? Right, not just once a week at a treatment, but every day. What are the tools that I'm doing in my life to really get it to a place? place first where it feels safe to change what it knows, because what's really important to understand about the brain is it's habitual. It wants to do whatever is familiar. So even if that is bursting out in anger at your children or it's constant worry and anxiety, or it's having a hard time getting out of bed in the morning, even if it's a really hard thing to live in, if it's what's familiar, the brain thinks that is quote safe. that's why it is so hard to change if we're trying to change while coming up against the brain's program, which really ultimately is rooted in protecting us. But in that it just perpetuates the same cycle. Yeah. So what is the process first to partner with our system, not fight it, right? right? Partner with it to where it feels safe to let go. Only then is it going to be receptive of rewiring what you do want. And that's where the process really comes in. I need to sign up. <laughs> okay. <I laughs> Let's do my it. My
0: entire brain, all the brains of my children and my husband. Oh, well, you know what? Actually, I would like to just have my husband's brain rewired re- and say, be <laughs> nice to your wife. Yeah, Actually, this is such a fun conversation. I feel like we could talk forever. Are you okay if we jump into our lightning round? Yes. Let's do it. Okay. These are just fun. So don't, don't be nervous. Just whatever's top of your mind. So first, what are you currently binging on TV?
1: Actually, one of, uh, one of my favorites is shark tank. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I,
1: I get, I get emotional actually. Like my daughter's like, why are you crying mom? And I'm like, their dreams are coming true.
0: (laughs) I was on season 11 and season 10, it was, it was like a decade of dreams. And so I had watched all of those leading up to, cause I was obviously, knew I was airing or going on to meet the sharks and literally every time I would like start crying and I'm like, yeah. my dreams are coming true, Like that's going to be me. I yeah. love
1: that. Yeah. That's, that's me. me. Oh. Um, okay. What is the most recent book you've read? I was actually rereading. Um, cause I like a lot of the books I like to read. Um, Uh, our rereads. It's called The Body Keeps a Score. And that really, it's rooted essentially first in soldiers and PTSD, but it's applicable to just how everything that happens in our life impacts and alters our body, right? Mm -hmm. Our brain and nervous system, our subconscious mind, which acts as the body. So that (laughs) one's a a beautiful read. It's so funny. I, I think most
0: people that we interview if you ask them what they're reading, it's very predictable, right? It's like, I'm like, Oh, of course you're reading that. That makes sense. Um, (laughs) what is your best productivity app?
1: Productivity app. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I don't have one. I have (laughs) have, have Google calendars. I have Google calendar. I was about to say that that is, um, but I am also incredibly, old school with all my clients and my calls. I, I have an online scheduling system that I preset and has protocols, but I also have an old school calendar that I like to every week. In addition to my online, I write it out. I like seeing it all there. I like I'm old school that way, I guess. Cause that's how I started out, right? I've always loved organization and way back when I was younger and that's how I started and I still, I still do that to I'm, this day.
0: I, I'm like that too. I have my paper calendar. But it is, it's when you actually physically
1: write something, right? The brain, you work yeah. mm-hmm. it. better, I guess. It's, and the sense of accomplishment of checking it off. Yeah. The actual right? physical check mark. I love it. That's right. But what is your go-to de-stressor? What's interesting is I would use to probably say, exercise, right? Or dance. But because I lost the ability to do both. I mean, now I'm, I'm moving my body again and not quite back into dance, but you know, exercising. But for a long time, I lost the ability to do both. So that couldn't be my outlet. And in fact, it was, it was kind of a gift because sometimes we can use exercise. And because it does have that dopamine response, we don't actually have to deal with what we're dealing with. We just keep going for a run or we just keep having a hard workout. And so my go-to de-stressor changes based on really what I'm feeling. If I need to just go on a walk or take an Epsom salt bath or do some breath work or actually do some writing to release things that are going on inside of me that I need to just give space to express. But I've learned also to just be still when I need that that is really amazing that that can be a de-stressor. Yeah. I'm definitely like exercise, run it out. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. And, and not saying that that doesn't have its place. And I very much, you know, that was my happy place and absolutely. And it, it should be utilized and obviously exercise should be a part of everybody's life. But I, I had to life forced me, you know, my physical capabilities to find another outlet and, and that was challenging but, um, you know, led me to this work and I'm, I'm grateful that I've, I'm able to access that, um, regardless of what my body's, you know, allowing me to do. That is amazing. Okay. Ashley, everybody is going to want to find you. Can you tell us where, where you are? Yes. Um, so my website is my name, which is not spelled easily, which I'm sure you'll put in the show notes, Ashley which is A S H L E I G H d as in david i l e l l o so ashleydlello.com. on there i have a free training where i dive deeper into the brain that's a great place um, to start i also have like a free mind body blueprint that starts breaking it down in a three-step process like how to disrupt that negative thought loop and calm your mind and gain control of your emotions because i also know when we talk about neuroscience it feels very heady um and overwhelming and like how do i even start yeah so that free mind body blueprint is a great place to start Um, that's also where you can schedule a free consult call with me i always have a free consult call first just to understand the person and where they're at where they want to be and if i can help them before um, we decide to move forward so that's my website lots of sources there but on social media again it's just my name ashley lello And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And I'm starting to kind of delve into TikTok. I'm not sure how I feel about it, (laughs) but there's so much to take. Um, I also have a podcast that's called body freedom radio, and it's, it's based of course in my work. But the reason why body freedom is because our body is the house to our mind, to our heart, to our soul, to our home we live in. And so, everything covered on there is is with, with healing in mind, healing the mind, body, soul, and all the different avenues of our life. I love it. Thank you so much, Ashley. We really appreciate you being here today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me and I hope you get feeling better soon, your husband, everybody gets healthy, both you and everywhere else. It's a crazy time right now. <laughs> Thank you.